0: So sit tight, buckle up, and let's get started on today's podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Goodness Me, Australia's fastest growing online store for all your healthy pantry and snack essentials, made with real ingredients, absolutely no nasties, and delivered straight to your door. Head to goodnessme.com.au and use my code Leanne, that's L-E-A-N-N-E, and you'll get 15% off your order. On today's podcast episode, I'm joined by Dr. Jilly Hendry, who is a research scientist with expertise in diet, nutrition, and obesity prevention. Her research focuses on the development and validation of dietary assessment methods and uses data to gain a deeper understanding of dietary patterns, including the development of diet quality metrics. Today, Jilly talks us through the results of Australia's largest personality and weight loss study and how they can help you. For more information or to take the new CSI IRO Diet Types Quiz, head to TotalWellbeingDiet.com. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Jilly. I'm very excited to have you on today as our first real research scientist um, talking about your latest study. Thanks for having me. Yeah, wonderful. And you have expertise in diet, nutrition and obesity prevention, which I think is very prevalent for our listeners today. Can you tell us how you got started in this area or what made you interested in these areas of research?
1: Yeah, it's funny. Not many people ask you necessarily about your journey. Um, so when I was thinking about it, uh, you know, going back to, you know, school and I was good at sport and good at maths, but you didn't really think about going to university to do maths. So I just sort of fell into human movement, <laughs> um, obviously, you know, exercise science and then I really enjoyed uh, that. And But I was never um, clinical. Like I, I didn't necessarily uh, – Like the specifics of uh, sports nutrition or that kind of thing, I was really interested in the applied side of things and the methods side of science. So I did my honours in in human movement, but then towards the end of the year, I actually went overseas to visit my cousins, and both of them are dietitians. And I went to university with them one day, just when I was away with them, and I was like, oh, this is fascinating. (laughs) So then when I got back, I actually enrolled in nutrition and dietetics, and um and and did that and loved it. But again the clinical side, the hospital side of dietetics didn't grab me as much as the public health application side of things. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, And so I went on to do a PhD in obesity prevention within the family setting. So looking at what parents can do to be great role models, Um, yeah, role model healthy behaviour, both in terms of physical activity and and nutrition, and just setting up a food environment that um, makes healthy eating normal uh, for their families. And yeah, one thing led to another and working at CSIRO now. And again, I love focusing on that um, application side of science. So the public health messaging, how can we put simple messages out for people to sort of engage with, start thinking about their health journey. And hopefully what we've been doing in the past few years has sparked a few people to start, um, start on their health and weight loss journey.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm really, really excited to chat about Australia's largest personality and weight loss study um, with you today. But before we jump into that, I did notice another, um, I guess, focus area for you and your research is really around the global concerns with obesity and food security. And if it was all right with you, I'd love to just touch on that quickly in terms of what your thoughts are around why this is such a big concern and such an impact worldwide.
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting. Um, you know, in Australia, two thirds of adults are overweight or obese. So we tend to have more of a concern around the obesity overconsumption side of things. But globally, we know malnutrition and food security um, is a major issue. And we're even seeing now that double burden where people are are poorly nourished as well as being overweight and obese. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, There's there's a lot of research at the moment calling for global food system transformation. We all have a role to play to ensure that um, populations have access to a healthy and sustainable sustainable foods and that needs to come from a healthy and sustainable food supply. So part of that is consumers creating the demand for healthy foods and um, that comes through purchasing obviously and, and changing our habits. But the other side of it from a sustainability perspective is also ensuring our production and practice, farming practices are as sustainable as, as they can be. Because, yeah, I mean, we, we know it's not just about our generation, it's about ensuring the next generation has, has access to a healthy and sustainable diet as well.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And you mentioned that sort of a double-edged sword where we're seeing a lot of people who are Obese but undernourished at the same time. So I remember that was one of the first things they taught us when I started my clinical. Um, when I did my first prac at the hospital, was don't just discount somebody from malnutrition because of their size. You can be obese and malnourished at the same time.
1: Exactly, and we know that those energy dense foods that do increase your risk of, risk of weight gain don't tend to have the nutrition or that density in in, in beneficial nutrients that that the more healthy foods do. So you do you can definitely eat enough kilojoules um, without necessarily getting adequate nutrition.
0: Yeah. And it's a scary thought because I remember just before I left the hospital a couple of um, years ago, we had a patient um, who got diagnosed with scurvy. And that was something that I just had never ever seen in my career. And it was something that we thought, you know, was long gone in our sort of in our community, and you know in two thousand and twenty one or whatever year it was in. It's like it we're seeing these diseases and rickets and these undernutrition, I guess, vitamin and mineral deficiencies when there really is, um, there is that global concern, as you mentioned, with just these vitamins and minerals, because we can get in a hell of a lot of calories, but are we getting in the right nutrients to also support um, some of our requirements as well? Which is, it's a scary thought to see some of these um, diseases, which we thought were long gone, actually coming back, isn't it?
1: Totally. Yeah. I mean, isn't there you know, scurvy? I just think of sailors in the olden days on boats not getting (laughs) enough yeah pirates not getting enough fruit and veg so yeah I mean part of that is I guess yeah knowledge access creating norms acceptance around um, healthy food so yeah there's a it's, it's a complex thing, getting, you know, good nutrition into, into the whole population. Yeah. And
0: we won't go down that rabbit hole. We will focus on your lovely <laughs> research study today. So bring us back to Australia's largest personality and weight loss study. It's a very catchy title, I must say. <laughs> um, can you tell our listeners at home what led you to, to do this research? What were you looking at and why? Yes. I
1: mean, as we touched on briefly, there's there's a number of factors that influence what we eat. Um, and we were really interested in understanding from a behavioral perspective. So I worked closely with behavioral scientists who have a background in psychology. So we were keen to understand those behavioral characteristics that influence what we eat and why we eat, um, because some of these can help us in our health and weight loss journey. And some of these can be a, a little bit challenging in our health and weight loss journey. So we are about Four or five years ago, we launched something called the CSIRO Diet Type Survey and we've been collecting data through that over the last four or five years and we've currently um, analysed 245,000 people who have who've done this survey and that's given us some great insights into um, those different dieting personalities amongst Australians and what strategies we might be able to develop to help support people to work with what they've got. So it's not about changing your personality. It's about recognising your strengths and weaknesses and then choosing strategies or a a program that that really suits what you've got to, um, to give you the best chance of success.
0: Absolutely. And I really like that concept because so many of us try to change our lifestyle to fit a diet versus the other way around trying to do some wonderful healthy behaviors that fit our personality or that already fit our lifestyle. Because when we think about the behavioral aspects, it's going to last long term compared to if we're trying to shift and mold ourselves into something like a ketogenic diet, but we actually really love carbohydrates. Like it's just not going to last long term, is it?
1: No, exactly right. And that's what it's about, the uh, long-term sustainable weight loss, creating new habits for yourself. So some of those things that don't suit your lifestyle or your personality are going to be harder to implement. You're going to have to do a lot of work changing things around you. If you've got a family, we all know how difficult it is to sort of be on a diet if it doesn't suit what your kids like or you know anyone else in your household like. So finding the right diet in terms of the macronutrients and its profile is one thing, but then those strategies and how you implement that is vital because, you know, we want this new diet, not to be a diet, to be a new way of life. And to do that, the energy cost of doing that. So, you know, how much it takes to actually follow that really needs to be nothing. You know, you don't really need to feel like you're on a diet. It just needs to be something that blends into your life really easily.
0: Mm, absolutely. And one of my favorite quotes, and I've said it time and time on my potty before, is nutrition is a science, but eating is a behavior. And I really like um, the study that you guys have done because you've focused on that behavioral aspect because I think so many of us can understand or appreciate what healthy is. I think a lot of us get that You know, a salad is probably a better option than a cheeseburger, but it's actually implementing those behaviours on the day-to-day basis when you've had a long, hard, stressful day, when the kids are driving you insane, when you've just homeschooled all day, you've worked from home, you haven't had any time to yourself and you're like, man, ordering Uber Eats right now looks really appealing. (laughs) The behavioural aspects that I often find for most of my clients harder than the knowledge around what to do. Totally.
1: And when you've got those barriers or it's a time of slightly elevated stress or you're busy, you know, life gets in the way that's when we're most likely to, um, yeah, revert to something that may be less healthy. But if we can embed these healthy behaviours, and so it's almost you don't even think about it, mm. you know, that that's the ideal then because then it is it's, it's our habit and habit forming takes a while. Um, but yeah, just finding things that work for you is, is, is the things that are going to be able to become habitual for you most easily. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And so looking at the study, um, what were the main areas that you found or the main results from the study? So like I said, we had all this data from 245,000
1: people and we were looking at um, the different diet personalities. And so we have analysed this data about four years ago and, and the most common type back then was this thinker diet type which we can talk about later but we revisited the data and we found that the thinker type was still the most prominent or the most common type but we looked at some combination types as well because we know you're never one one thing you know you Mm -hmm. tend to have bits of everything we all tend to have bits of different traits in us and so we were looking at these combinations and we found you know thinker in combination with a a craving personality was also a very common um, trait amongst Australians. So yeah, the thinker and the battler, which was a combination of these thinking traits and these craving traits, were the two most common traits that we found. And these two traits tend to be prone to sort of stress and worry as well. So um, that's interesting in the in the current context of our lives at, at the moment um, with COVID and and all
0: these external stresses. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> Those um, personality types are probably, yet yeah, doing it a lot more tough due to the current climate that we're all under. Um, and so that's interesting that the thinker and the battler were um, the most common types. Can we break down more about what these personality types like? Like what does the thinker look like or what would the battler look um, Give, give us an example of how these personalities can, can link in so our listeners at home can understand where they might be sitting. Yeah, so the thinker is a
1: goal oriented, motivated type of person. They can be quite analytical, but they're also quite sensitive to negative feedback. So this can sort of um, lead them to a bit of stress or, or anxiety or worry. And if, if they worry too much, it can derail their diet. Um, so they need strategies that either um, take their mind off things, um, don't let them get into that sort of whirlpool of worry. Um, and so, you know, we've we've recommended things like that eighty twenty type approach. You know, be flexible with yourself. Try to get it right eighty percent of the time, and allow yourself the space to for a bit more flexi- flexibility and freedom twenty percent of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's those common strategies. You know, if if you worrying too much about things, go for a walk, get some fresh air, do a puzzle, take your mind off it, all all those other um, common strategies that we know. The, The bachelor, they suffer from regular food temptation. So that's that craving tendency that they have, along with being prone to stress or worry. So they actually need some unique strategies to help them kind of break that cycle of I, I I want food. Oh, I feel like a snack. Oh, I shouldn't really have it. If if I have it, I'm breaking my diet. Oh, but I really feel like it. You know, you, that that's probably common to some of your listeners. We just need over analyzing, over analyzing, worrying, mm-hmm. and then yeah, just sort of spiraling a Mm. little bit. So yeah, strategies that really help um, break that cycle.
0: And would you say, and we talk a lot about on my podcast about the sort of the type A perfectionist type of woman, um, which I myself very much um, uh, identify with. (laughs) Would you say that that sort of type A perfectionist would fit more within that thinker um, personality type?
1: Definitely. Yeah. So the the, the thinker is that analytical, want things to be perfect um, type person. And so when things aren't, um, yeah, we kind of, don't throw in the towel, but we, yeah, we we get disappointed. Um, the the pleaser is another diet type that was quite common, and that's the combination of the thinker, so that worrying um, tendency, mm-hmm. as well as the socializer. So they they really likable, friendly people, but they they tend to, or they have a tendency to look sideways too much and not focus on their own journey. And we know, you know, particularly in weight loss, if we're comparing our results to other people. Um, yeah, it, it can derail us a little bit. So it's important for those kinds of people to really get a good support group around them and focus on their journey, focus on the what they are doing well, what they are achieving, what have they done today in terms of, um, you know, their, their healthy menu plan or in terms of their exercise goals. You what, what have they ticked off the list as opposed to what haven't I ticked off the list? And that's sometimes where I think people do put their thoughts to those, what haven't I done, what haven't I achieved,
0: as opposed to giving yourself a pat on the back for what you have done well. Mm, Absolutely. And would you say that that pleaser personality type is very much somebody who, um, I'm thinking a lot of mums who put everybody else first, you know, who look after their family, look after their kids, look after their friends. And then when it comes time at the end of the day to look after themselves, they've just got nothing left in the tank and, you know, things sort of fall down from there. Or that pleaser type where, um, you know, they might go over to um, their mum-in-law's house or something like that and you know there's someone who offers them a piece of cake and a coffee and they're not really hungry but they don't want to turn them down they don't want to upset anyone and so they'll accept that food anyway would that sort of fit within that pleaser type model
1: yeah that's that's the kind of thing where they just um yeah want to want to come across as a friendly nice person to everybody else and don't always prioritize their own goals necessarily first um mm-hmm. it's also possibly that um you know that social media comparison a lot as well of comparing where you are to others and we, we know that the pitfall of that is people tend to only showcase the best sides of themselves and so you don't get that everyday journey or that everyday sort of step within that journey and so the pleaser is just really you know putting themselves first um getting the right people around them that are really supportive of of their own achievements and just not too much sideways glancing uh, can be important for a pleaser.
0: I can definitely appreciate that. I'm interrupting this podcast to bring you a healthy break from today's sponsor, Goodness Me Shop. I want you guys to think of one soul food you can't live without and I can guarantee you that the goodness me shop has a better alternative which tastes just as good goodness me shop is your one-stop shop for all your healthy pantry essentials that make you feel good and actually taste delicious find thousands of real wholesome food products that are all nutritionist approved so you'll no longer have to waste time reading the nutritional information at the back of products. With over three thousand products, whether you're shopping for yourself or your whole family, including the fussiest of kids, you'll find products everyone will love. See why Goodness Me has over sixty thousand customers that rave about them with their exclusive fifteen percent offer for all my listeners. Head to goodnessme.com.au and use my code Leanne. That's L-E-A-N-N-E for fifteen percent off. Goodness Me believes that everybody deserves to eat real food that makes them feel good. So let's explore their range today. Now let's head on back to our podcast episode. And then another one you mentioned was the craver, and this seems pretty self-explanatory. Is it the type of person that constantly craves either the sweet food or the salty food or the, you know, the carbohydrate rich foods? Is that, is there anything else that would encompass, I guess, the craver personality type?
1: Yeah, I think the name's a bit of a giveaway. Um, (laughs) they, They do experience strong food cravings and this can sort of lead to overeating in those tricky situations. So, um, you know, particularly in in the world at the moment, we've got just abundance of food. We, I think you know researchers have described this as an obesogenic environment where mm-hmm. we've got easy access to to empty kilojoules everywhere we go. So um, the craver needs to be careful of that. Whether that's a partying a party, a social setting, at work, their own pantry. Um, we know. Um, you know, COVID. We're at home more. We're closer to the pantry. So, yeah, uh, cravers need strategies to to help manage those cravings. Some sometimes for some people, out of sight, out of mind works, but for other people, that doesn't work. That actually increases the cravings. And so, um, having a a diet or a, an approach that allows you to have small call them treats or whatever the foods are that you crave, can actually help to manage the cravings longer term. So different things work for different people.
0: Mm, absolutely. But that environment is so key for the craver, isn't it? Um, and things easy strategies I'm thinking of are like, don't go shopping on an empty stomach um, because you're just going to crave things 10 times more, particularly that point of access when you get to the checkout and there's a whole row of chocolate bars. It's going to be really hard to say no if you're that craver personality type and you're genuinely hungry when you're doing your shopping.
1: Yeah, ex- exactly right. Right, so that, you know, that don't buy it and then it's not in your pantry so you can't have it is a, um, a top-of-mind strategy um, that works for cravers. But again, as we were talking about earlier, what we really want to do ideally is to build that willpower, that resilience, those strategies within yourself that you can manage those cravings because at some point you will have those foods around you and so you need to have those strategies to manage that Ideally, they're not around you all the time. So I think at home, an out-of-sight, out-of-mind type approach can work um, for people. But yeah, we're really more about building the strategies, building Giving people the techniques that, so that they can manage this um, longer term.
0: And we've got two personality types left we've got the foodie and we've got the socializer. And I think I definitely, I might be a blend of some of these, but I think I definitely identify with these bottom two as well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> a lot of dietitians are foodies, definitely. They're passionate about <laughs> yep, all things yep. food. Um, we love, you know, as a dietitian as well, we love creating uh, new meals, trying new recipes, preparing good food. So a diet program for somebody who has foodie tendencies needs to give them that variety of food, let them have heaps of great recipes to try new things and not be too restrictive. So if you start, you know, some of the more restrictive diets where you're cutting out a lot of um, food groups isn't going to work for a foodie longer term because they need to have that flexibility to eat out. and and enjoy good food. And, you know, similar with a socialiser, they're a people's person. So they also need that flexibility to be able to go out and socialise with friends and not have too many restrictions or rules around them that they feel kind of um, stifled or, you know, kind of kills their mojo when when they're out and about. So, um, yeah, that, that that's the socialiser personality.
0: Definitely. And I'm thinking, I, I used to follow this girl on social media and she was sort of a, a body comp, you know, sort of girl. She was prepping for her first bikini competition and she'd show photos where she would take her meal prep with her to lunch and all the other girls were getting, you know, ordering from the restaurant and she'd sit there with her little Tupperware of her lunch. And I'm just thinking she's definitely not the socialiser or the foodie personality type because I could not do that. <laughs> <laughs> she, that, that. That's amazing willpower right there.
1: Um, she obviously has a clear goal in mind that she's determined to achieve but more the thinker (laughs) yeah but you know that's the kind of thing longer term we are going to go out with friends we're going to socialize so we need to know how to manage this and and be able to do that otherwise we we just can't um sustain these behaviors longer term unless Mm. unless they suit us and they're flexible
0: yeah and I think that's a great um I guess summary of the six diet types that the study really identified or the personality types Um, how do you think that people understanding what personality type they are or what blend of personality types are? How do you think this will help them move forward with weight loss or with their healthy journey?
1: So I think it's really important. No dieting diet type or dieting personality is right or wrong. And as we've said, we all tend to have a little bit of most of these, but we most people are dominant in one or two or even three of these. So by understanding this, I think it allows you to acknowledge who you are um, park it a little bit and then kind of move forward and find the strategies that are going to work for you. I think if we know what we're not good at or what challenges us, accept it. Don't don't kind of work against it, but then choose the strategies. Choose, if you want to start a new diet, choose a program that's going to work with what you've got. Um, and so how we've used this is within the Total Wellbeing Diet, we've developed strategies based on different diet types. And I think that creates that sense of personalization. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And we know, you know, often in the digital health space, we are trying to replicate what you get when you go and see a dietitian one-on-one in a consult where you do get personalized advice. We can't necessarily do that completely in an online platform, but we can replicate that as best as possible. And research has shown us that that greater sense of personalization within
0: an online platform does lead to greater results. Mm, absolutely. And we've talked a little bit about weight loss. Um, obviously, that was a large aspect of the study. If your goal isn't weight loss, if it's perhaps just to maintain your weight or just to live a healthy lifestyle or even perhaps you know gaining some weight, we mentioned malnutrition, which is a big thing. Some people, when they're stressed, they don't eat well, so they're unintentionally losing weight. Can knowing your diet type or your diet personality be helpful even if you're not trying to lose weight?
1: Totally. I think... You know, the, the foods that we choose can promote our health independent of weight loss or, or, or weight gain. So we talked about those nutrients that you get from healthy, nutrient-rich foods. So, um, and, in, and in this work, we also looked at the different um, of food intake patterns of, of these diet types. So we looked at, you know, the consumption of fruit and veg, the variety of people's diets, the amount of discretionary or unhealthy sort of foods that people are eating, um, and, and there were differences between the different diet types, but I think again, understanding what challenges you to consuming a healthy diet, um, it, it allows you to work with that, and I think that that's kind of gives gives you the freedom to sort of
0: choose your journey in 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 some respect. And um- Just finally, what practical tips do you have for our listeners at home, besides going online and and doing the quiz and finding out their personality type, to eat healthy and to live and manage their their lifestyle long term? Particularly if they are a blend of some of these personality types, because it might seem quite overwhelming. There's lots and lots of things that we could do. It's sort of like, where do we start? Do you have any sort of, um, I like to call it the lowest hanging fruit, so things that are going to make the biggest impact overall in terms of us living a healthy lifestyle?
1: I think my, I mean. Going back to my my journey and you know my my interests, I think um, this public health kind of application. I'm quite flexible in my in my approach to this. So I just love that 80 20 rule. I think do your best effort during the week, give yourself some freedom on the weekend, and or, or whatever combination kind of works for you. But I just think that is such a it's just such a realistic kind of approach to, to dieting. None of us are perfect. We're not going to be perfect all the time, but we give it our best shot for the majority of the time. And for most of us, that's actually going to be improvement, you know, if, if we are kind of from the baseline of where we're starting. Um, that I think that's going to improve people's diets and and, and help them. Um, the other thing is probably, I think, planning. You know, we, we are busy, um And like we just sort of said before, when when things are frantic and you you haven't put in a little bit of thought for, you know, what's going to be on the table for dinner or what are you going to have for lunch, that's when you may resort to the takeaways or grabbing something on the way home. So I'm not one to necessarily sit down on a Sunday afternoon and plan the week ahead, but some people are. (laughs) But, you know, it is important to make sure you do have a fridge full of healthy snacks that are convenient. And also a pantry full of mostly sort of healthy foods that you can grab because then you're sort of setting up that environment that no matter what choice you make, you're you're most likely going to put together a combination of of healthy foods. I agree.
0: Yeah. When we've got our environment set up nicely, it really does help make healthier choices easier, doesn't it? When that food's already there and accessible.
1: Totally. And I think that's, you know, kind of the key. If we can make our home sanctuary like a a healthy environment as possible, that also gives us the freedom to when we go out. To cut ourselves a little bit of flexibility.
0: Mm-hmm, definitely. And then finally, probably the big question on our listeners' lips is <laughs> Dr. Gilly, where do we find this study? How do we, how do we find out what, what our personality type is? Where do we go?
1: So it's called the CSRO Diet Types Quiz, and you can have a look on the Total Wellbeing Diet website, which is totalwellbeingdiet.com.
0: And then all of our research can be found at csro.au. Well, I think a lot of dietitians and health professionals listening would be curious to go back through that research and, and read a little bit deeper into it, which is great. Um, and just to clarify, the quiz is free, isn't it? You don't have to pay. You don't have to sign up for anything.
1: Yeah. So the, the quiz is free. And when you when you do it, you'll receive some um, personalised feedback in like a, a results page and then If you choose to, you can go on to join the Total Wellbeing Diet, but the quiz part of it is is free for everyone.
0: Wonderful. Well, I'm very excited. I must admit, I haven't done the quiz yet. It was on my to-do list today, but I ran out of time. I prioritized making my my morning breakfast and having my coffee out in the sunshine (laughs) this morning, so I'm I'm guilty of that. But I do intend to go and do that quiz and and find out what my diet personality type is. I very much hazard a guess I'll be within that. Category. I, for one, am one who meal preps out on a Sunday, plans my week in terms of my meals. So that analytical overthinker, and probably a little bit of a socializer, foodie as well. But I'm interested to see if what I think it is will will match the um, quiz results as well.
1: Yeah, if we've done our science right, hopefully you are what you think you are, (laughs) and it's no surprise.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. Well, thank you, Dr. Julie, for coming on the podcast today. It's been a pleasure and really interesting to chat through our personality types in terms of um, weight loss because it's it's a very novel idea it's fun, it's easy um, and I can see it catching on very quickly so praise to you and the team um, for coming up with a really innovative and fun way um, to help people along their healthy, healthy journey and their lifestyle Thanks for having me, it's been fun
1: to chat